thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. All right, hey everybody, Merry Christmas. It's chaos in the car seats. Heading south on 65. That's here in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Are we there yet? Come on. Every minute of the drive to be together. So if you're like me, you want to be together. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So do me a favor. Share us out, okay, people? The last light out was canceled. There's an unexpected snow She's sleeping in the terminal With the whole world headed home To be together In case you don't know, this song's called To Be Together By Amy Grant Yep, off the Tennessee Christmas album Oh, when you open up that door To all familiar rooms of love and Coming home Just the way you are Knowing this is all that really matters To be together Yep mm-hmm. At Christmas time Yeah, it is <laughs> That's an echo, I know singing out this song to every lonely soul has heard Arms around the world to be together. Hey, we're together with you, Phyllis, at Christmas time. Yeah, we are. So every time that lonely feeling comes around again, listen, love is knocking, wanting to come in to be together. To be together Yep Oh, when you open up that door To all familiar rooms of love and laughter Coming home Just the way you are Knowing this is all that really matters To be together Yeah, it is. I found my book. Yeah, I did. Christmas time 
interesting people yeah it's interesting people so what's interesting is that the year 2020 unlike every other year in recent history if there has been no other year in the history of all mankind in our current current days this would be the year that we would all value really being together because the enemy, the adversary, has done everything that he can to try to divide us. Tonight what I want to do is I want to share with you from God's Word in Romans chapter 5. The book of Romans is one of my favorite books of all time. And in light of the current events and things that are going on, um, I want to encourage you from the Word of God right now. So let's pray and be encouraged. Father, I just want to say thank you for your word. Lord, I ask that you bless everybody that hears your word right now, that you would draw people to you. Father, that your word would fall on tender, gentle, fertile soil, that it would go deep, Lord, that, that your word would go deep and that it would go wide. And Father, that, um, that there would be fruit that's, that's, that comes out of this. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, do you care about numbers? Do you care, do you care about your, your, your reputation? All right. So, let's, let's look at this. <clears throat> Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we celebrate in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character and proven character, hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous person, though perhaps for the good person someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him for if we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his son much more having been reconciled we shall be saved by his life not only this, but we also celebrate in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. And I'm going to stop there for now. That's Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And, you know, we could do a whole on Bible study here if we wanted to. But I wanted to bring this up tonight 
in light of the current controversy in our country and the splits that are happening within the church itself and just lay before you a couple of words. One word is reconciliation. Another word is death. Another word is tribulation. And another word is hope. You know, the adversary, the accuser of the brethren, resides among God's people. If you read the, the Gospels as an example, you'll, you'll often see that there were demon-possessed people that actually were within the temple where worship of God was going on. And Jesus, Jesus would come in and, and he would cast these demons out in the actual temple. So they were, these demon-possessed people were among the godly people. I believe that today we have those same type of things happening in our world, but at a greater, um, you know, greater rate because we are near the end of the end, right? But I also see the media, the mass media that manipulates the airwaves and will show the adversary's point of view, but never gives God's point of view. And so we have all these alternative medias popping up all over the place, trying to figure out, like, where's the truth? What's the good report? Where is it? Right? And I would posit to you that in the olden days, in the days of old, when the, the prophets were among us and they were preaching about repentance in Israel and, and they were calling forth the coming soon Messiah that was going to show up on the scene. They were giving all these declarations about who he was. And then all of a sudden there was this, I think, 400-year period of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament where it got quiet. There was nothing. Where was that soon arisen Messiah? Where was he? And then all of a sudden... He comes on the scene in the form of a baby, just shows up. He gets an angelic declaration to both parents and then has quite the childhood, I might add, between his parents fleeing and because they're trying to, you know, kill him and stuff. And, 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 and then his ministry and growing up and being in the temple and eventually saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Glory to me in the highest. And yet his people, some of them, rejected him. Which was fine. It's part of God's plan. So that the times the Gentiles could be ushered in, which is what we're in now. So that the Gentiles could go out and hear the good news. That Jesus was born of a virgin in the city of Bethlehem. So that one day, you know, he would die for the sins of the world. And then a few days later, rise from the dead. Never to die again. Never to die again. So Romans 5 brings out a couple of points. So... I'm going to read this again. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God.
through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand and we celebrate in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also celebrate what in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character and proven character, hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about hope. A lot of people have lost hope because a lot of people are hurting. Uh, this morning I was in a, a meeting, God Time Together meeting. Guys, know I've been talking about this for a while. And I'm really calling these holy ground meetings at this point. Um, they're, they're quite... Um, amazing and um and we, we were having this conversation and uh and somebody was sharing about how a lot of people are hurting and how the church during this time hasn't been the best witness uh during covid that we haven't necessarily um shown the love of god maybe like he would and I'm, I'm not sure I agree wholeheartedly with that comment, but I agree with the sentiment which it was sent. Um, I think that the church has played a very significant role during this time. I think that there is an assault directly on the body of Christ right now. And I think that the, the saints, the, the pastor saints that are there who understand what's really at stake here in America, I think they are fighting for our life. Even though the church will never die, I do think freedom in America can die if the church doesn't fight. And I don't mean like we're going to get guns and shoot people, but I mean we're going to get down on our knees, we're going to pray, we're going to fast. And that a lot of Christian leaders today are actually calling for that. They're calling for high octane prayer, which is they, they refer to as prayer with fasting. And knowing that, you know, there's an election that has been under assault. And here's the thing, God's word says that we can celebrate in our tribulation. And why? Because tribulation produces perseverance. Why? What does that do? Perseverance produces proven character. And what does that produce? Proven character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint. You, you can never believe these teachers of God who tell you your whole life is supposed to be rosy, per everything's perfect, you're never going to have any problems. That's just a lie. You're always going to have problems. Anybody who desires to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You're going to have tribulation. If you look at the life of Christ, that's all it was about, was about him being persecuted. And the, the Bible itself is a book of persecution, if you read it right. My friend, Glenn Penner, who has been with the Lord for a number of years, he used to write for the Voice of the Martyrs uh, persecution blog up in Canada. And he wrote this book called In the Shadow of the Cross. And if you look at my logo down over over there <laughs> to the left, if you look at if you look at my logo, logo, you'll see a shadow of a cross over my Bible. And I put that there on purpose because I never want to forget that the cross is the central theme of the scripture for the believer that without the cross, you don't have Christianity. Without the cross, you have a, a Christless
Christianity, and a lot of people today want to remove the cross, and they have. They have removed the cross. They've taken the cross out of churches. They've destroyed the crosses in churches all around the world because the cross was brutal. The, the cross was, was pain. That's a tribulation in my opinion. And yet, Jesus went to the cross to give us hope and to forgive us of our sin. And so today, if you're feeling hopeless, if you're feeling discouraged because you've been in the enemy's camp listening to the adversary report, today, let's talk about the advocate report. Because you know what? You have an advocate with the Father, and his name is Jesus Christ. You know, not only did he die in your place for your sin, which is bloody and gross, but he encourages you and he gives you the Holy Spirit to bring you comfort, peace, conviction, and counsel, and hope. You know, it's really easy to feel down and discouraged if you're looking at the adversary's report. But on the other hand, if you're looking at the advocate's report, things are looking good. You know why? Because he won in the end. Just saying. And so we need to be out there encouraging people during this time where the world is trying to tell us we can't do stuff, we can't be with people, we can't, you know, we can't do this, we can't do that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we can. There's freedom in Christ, people. And you can gather with your families. You can eat the food you want. You can still open your Bible in your house. You can still go to some churches that are open. And you can still worship the one who says he is the light of the world. So I want to put down a challenge to you. And, and I'm putting it down to me too, okay? This is the truth. I think all Christians should decorate their houses to the hilt as much as you can. I'm not saying go out and spend out a million dollars or anything. But I think... Why not celebrate the light? Let's bring light to the world that's so dark right now and dank and full of hopelessness. You know, let's be the light, you know, in the city. Let's be those image bearers that are shining bright, offering the encouragement, the hope, and the joy of this season. Because, say it with me, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Yeah, he has. He showed up. In a pretty cool way, too, you know, just like Moses, you know, ended up going down one way. Jesus showed up as a little baby. Yeah, he did. And I bet he was cute, too. <laughs> you know, and, and he survived. His parents protected him. The angels protected him. Everybody protected him. He grew up. Why? Because he loves us. Why? Because he wanted to die for you and me. Yeah, he did. And you know what? The enemy, the adversary, wants you to forget him. They want you to cancel Christmas. They want you to cancel your hope. They want you to go, eh, my faith doesn't mean anything anymore. Eh, there's no real connection anymore. And I'm here to tell you that the advocate, he is on your side. He's on the winning side. Jesus is, he, he's, he's your advocate. You have an advocate with the Father, and you need to pay attention to him. He's your lawyer. He's your legal representative before the Father. And I don't know about you, but being a Legal Shield rep, it's kind of cool to know I have God as my rep before God. You know what I mean? 
So I don't want you to be discouraged during this time. If you know somebody who is sick, do what the word of God says. Pray for them that God would heal them. If you're an elder in the church, go anoint them with oil and prayer the, pray the prayer, prayer of faith that, that God would do what he can do and heal them. If you're burdened because of your own sickness or your, your sin, then do what the book of 1 Peter, not 1 Peter, 1 John says, confess your sins. You know, confess your sins so that you'll, your sins will be forgiven. Because I want to tell you something. I think that a lot of believers haven't done that. I think a lot of believers haven't really gotten real with God. And I think God is calling his church to a new level of holiness. I think he's calling his people to repentance, serious repentance. And I think America is right now in the balance because of it. I think God is trying to wake up his people so that we can be those people, you know. Because we're frankly the only thing that's holding back this this massive plan to bring down America. I believe this with everything in me. You know, and I'm not worried if 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 the fraud works and, and Joe Biden becomes our president illegally because of fraud, and I believe that's how it will happen, then so be it. It's in God's plan. It happened. If on the other hand, God allows Donald Trump to have the victory that I believe he really does have, um, then there's still going to be more fight people. You know, there's a war going on in the heavenlies right now for this country, but for the world, even more, more so for the souls of mankind. And here's the thing. We must never forget that's ultimately what this life is about. The devil wants to take as many souls to hell with him as he can. While Jesus died on the cross for the whole world to take every soul with him to heaven that he can. The question is, how serious are we going to be about that? It's so easy to get distracted with everything around us. But are we about our father's business going out there making disciples? Are we out there sharing the gospel? Are we offering hope to people who want hope? I'm going to tell you something. People want hope. People are discouraged in the church. They don't know what the heck's going on. You know, but there is hope. Well, is Christmas canceled? No. In fact, this tonight is the second night of Hanukkah, you know, and if we don't remember Hanukkah and what this represents, then there would have never been a Christmas without Hanukkah in the first place. You know, we're in the midst of the festival of lights because of God's deliverance of his people during a time when nobody thought that that was possible. You know, so let not your heart be troubled. Jesus said this to his disciples before he went to the cross. Because then he said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And where I'm going, you'll be able to come later. But if it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you it's so. But he also said, believe in God, believe also in me. For in my house, there's many mansions. We have a lot of fun things looking forward to here, people. Or First of all, we're going to be living in some mansions. 
Yeah, we are. And we're also going to have some pretty good meal at that wedding feast. Yeah, we are. It's going to be so good. Can't wait. I cannot wait to eat that food up there and sit at that table with all my brothers and sisters throughout the millennial, you know, for, through throughout the thousands of years. Can you imagine sitting at a banquet feast with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Ruth, and Rahab, and, and Esther, and Deborah, you know, and a whole bunch of other people, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, um, you know, let alone Christ himself. I mean, that is going to be cool, man. That's going to be so cool. If you haven't read Revelation recently, I would encourage you to go read Revelation chapter 4. I've been studying this book uh, for the last couple of weeks. And Revelation chapter 4, God gives us a, a vision of the throne room of heaven. And in it, he describes basically Christ on the throne and and the, 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 the and and all these creatures in there that are worshiping God and and just the glory of God in the throne room and and how the 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 it looks like there's a sea of crystal and there's a rainbow and there's emerald green and jasper there's all this glorious stuff that that he can't he couldn't really describe with 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 words because he always says it was like this, it was like that, it was like this, it was like that, which means it's not that, but it's like it. But over and over again, the scene is about worshiping God, where they're crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come, you know. And, and it's interesting because the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end, the first and the last, you know, that's who Christ is. He's before all things. He's in all things. He's after all things. He's outside of time. He's inside of time. He's the past, present, the future. He is there no matter what. And we have a great future to look forward to totally um you know it's gonna be a time of peace that we will never understand in fact you know when you look at the book of genesis and the book of genesis one of the the things that we see is be, you know adam and eve were given a a command to not eat from the knowledge of the tree of of, of good and evil and yet they did. They're the only two people in the history of the world that lived in the world without evil, without the knowledge of evil. And then when it happened, you know, the first thing that they recognized was that they were naked. You know, and the Lord said, Adam, where are you? And Adam basically said, I don't know. Hey, I'm hiding from you because I'm naked. Who told you you were naked? And then, you know, the story unfolds. But God knew that was going to happen. And so he put a plan in place. And that plan was the birth of Christ. And then the death of Christ. And then the resurrection of Christ. But you know what? Here's what I'm here to tell you people. It ain't over yet because Jesus is coming back. And not only that. 
if you're in Christ, you're coming back with him. Because the church is going to be raptured first. And then the second coming, you're coming back with Christ. And he's going to put an end to that war. We're just going to sit back and watch. That's what I think. So the next greatest event on the prophetic clock is the rapture of the church. (laughs) And I know that sounds nuts to people who don't understand it, but it can happen anytime. There's no prerequisite. There's nothing that has to happen for that to happen. You know? And so my question to you is, if you knew today or tonight the rapture was going to happen, would you change your life? If you knew the rapture was going to take place tomorrow, would you change your life? Would you be calling people up saying, hey, the rapture is taking place soon. I want you to come with me. Do you know Jesus? Because it's going to happen. No man knows the hour or the day, but it's going to happen. Because God doesn't lie. And all the prophecy that he has predicted has been fulfilled 100% accurately. And there's no reason why the rapture won't be fulfilled either. So let not your heart be troubled. Our redemption is drawing near. And we have the greatest opportunity, I said this before, right now to go out and share the gospel with people because people need hope and perfect love casts out all fear and we are the people we are the bearers of light and we're the ones out there to give hope to a lost and dying world christmas is not canceled no matter what the government's trying to do or whatever wherever you're at Hope is not canceled, you guys. Hope is on the throne, and hope resides in your heart. But here's the thing. Hope is connected through perseverance. It's connected to character, and it's connected to tribulation. I mean, think about it. If there was no tribulation, why would you need any hope? So you got to have, I mean, these things go together. You know, if you're living the perfect life, I don't need hope because there's no reason for hope, right? But you got to have tribulation. You got to persevere. This proves your character. And because of that, you get hope. And hope doesn't disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Why? Because while we were helpless at the right time, Christ died for us. While we were yet ungodly, he died for us. And a righteous person, hardly a righteous person will die for a, for a righteous person. But perhaps for a good person, some would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, he, Christ, died for us. Never forget that. Because the world wants you to. So, I want to share with you tonight a clip from President Donald Trump where he talked about Jesus just yesterday, I believe it was. This was posted. Um, I want you to hear what he had to say about Christmas. 
So whenever Randall's got that queued up, we can go ahead and look at that. Wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. For Christians, this is a joyous time to remember God's greatest gift to the world. More than 2,000 years ago, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary. He said, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. The angel told her that she would give birth to a baby boy, Jesus, who would be called the Son of the Most High. Nine months later, Christ was born in the town of Bethlehem. The Son of God came into the world in a humble stable. As Christians everywhere know, the birth of our Lord and Savior changed history forever. At Christmas, we give thanks to God and that God sent His only Son to die for us and to offer everlasting peace to all humanity. More than two millennia after the birth of Jesus Christ, his teachings continue to inspire and uplift billions and billions of people all over the globe. His divine word still fills our hearts with hope and faith, and Christians everywhere still strive to live by Jesus' timeless commandment to his disciples, love one another. Above all, during the sacred season, our souls are full of thanks and praise for Almighty God for sending us Christ, His Son, to redeem the world. Tonight, we ask that God will continue to bless this nation, and we pray that He will grant every American family a Christmas season full of joy, hope, and peace. On behalf of Melania and the entire Trump family, Merry Christmas to all, and best wishes for a very, very great and happy New Year. Thank you. There you go. Wasn't that great? The President of the United States of America actually talking about Christmas the way it should be talked about. Actually saying the name of Jesus. Wishing us all a Merry Christmas. I think that's great. Yeah, I do. Uh, just so you know, over on Periscope, I see a lot of you guys. I, I'm really thankful that you're all there, but I don't know why Periscope won't let me see any comments during the show anymore. I see them all. Do you really? Because yeah. I don't see any. Well, do you want to read them? Because I can't see anything. Sure. Going back to the top, okay. I, I, there's, there's a lot to cover. Okay, cool. And they're out of contact, so. It's all right. You know, well, we have that today. I don't know what that, that is. That's going back. Doesn't have a timestamp, but Amen. Yes. Trump does not honor Jesus. He doesn't even know Jesus. Trump honors himself only. God ordained Biden to be president. Okay. Agree. God selected Biden. Great corruption. Glory. It is a lie. Arrested Trump. That's joyful. I hope that some patriots from Kentucky tell McConnell that he paid corporations. People need our checks. Hello, Acts 429. Yes, amen. Jesus is the light of the world. Where did anyone get the idea that Trump was a religious person? Say hey, amen. This guy's a joke, and he better pray for his future. He's a fraud and a criminal. 
Amen. Beautiful. And that catches us up. To... Really? Yeah. Wow. So that was... <laughs> you guys are there. Yeah. All right. So we got some Biden supporters. We got some Trump supporters. Yeah, we, we are the world people. Uh... <laughs> well, you know. Truth will prevail in the end. Truth will prevail. And, um, and actually. Yes, he will. Whatever happens, way the truth and the life. whatever happens will happen, you know. But my my hey, my encouragement to you, seriously, is is to remember that Jesus wins, man. I don't care. I mean, I honestly don't care who our president is. Okay, I mean, I think that right now having Trump be our president is a better choice than Biden. But in the end. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. God can use wicked people just as much as he can use righteous people. And some would argue that Donald Trump is wicked, just like some would argue Biden is wicked. So, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all relative. I'm not going to get upset about it. And I don't want you guys, to get, there's too many Christians getting upset about this. You know, too many Christians are being all upset about these politics and, and, I'm here to tell you you're wasted your energy getting upset. It's not doing anything for you. It's not encouraging you at all. <laughs> you know, you're not sleeping better because of it. And, you know, so I wouldn't fret about this because it's, you know, in the end, it's whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And I'm not saying we shouldn't fight for our country. I think we should definitely fight for our country. But to get upset with it, unfriend people, cuss them out, you know, etc. <laughs> Probably not the best option. Uh, so, Randall, you have anything to add? Yep, I do. Yeah, he does. There he is. Not yet. Almost. I'm here. You know, the... Right there. Wow, your head looks bigger than mine for a change. Well, I could sit back some, I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, but um, yeah, the the our present afflictions, light afflictions, they're not worthy to be compared with the weight of glory yeah. that awaits us. And who's ever in the White House, as a matter of four years, maybe eight years at the top, you know. And we've seen you can, if you're as old as I am, or older, you have seen. I'm gonna the, stop with the old age jokes because I have too many friends now who are. Crossing the 55 bridge. You've seen in politics this pendulum swing in U.S. presidents where it's a swing to the right and there's a reactionary swing to the left and swing to the right, swing to the left. You know, um, we went from Nixon Ford to Carter. We went from Carter to Reagan. We went from Reagan um, uh, to... Um, well, I went to Bush, Bush, stayed there for a while, but then from Bush, it was like too much of this conservative stuff was over to Clinton for eight years, and it's too much of that, we're going to the other Bush, and too much of that, we're going for Obama, too much of that, we're going for Trump, too much of that, we're going for Biden. You know, it's this back and forth swing. It's not a, it's just, and if, and if God does bless America, is merciful, the United States of America, 
and we get another four years, there'll probably be another huge swing to the right, and uh, just it's just cyclical. And then we could we could talk about Illuminati and and how all these presidents are related anyway, and that whole thing. But you know, it the the bottom line is that yeah, why get worked up about it? It's a it's a temporary thing. It's a silly thing, and people who are disowning friends both on social media and in person over politics is is ridiculous i mean it doesn't mean you have to agree on everything if you agree 100 percent with somebody and someone one of you is unnecessary you're unnecessary mister we don't agree 100 percent no, i know <laughs> i don't agree with 100 percent can you believe he doesn't agree with me 100%? I mean, I mean, come on. I don't agree with anybody 100% I know, but anything. me of all people, how can you not? Well, maybe 90%. <laughs> but I, I, uh, um. But, yeah. Who has taken advantage of the Christian community? Lots of people. <laughs> how, how, how much time do you have? Um, I don't, you're seeing comments, but I'm not, I do not, yeah. I did not know why Periscope on this phone for whatever reason. Newsflash, Trump isn't Christ. He's a vain, flawed man. Uh, Newsflash. Newsflash, we never said Trump was Christ, just so you know. Nor are any of us. There's only one Christ. <laughs> Everyone Newsflash, else. Newsflash, why don't you pay attention to what we're actually saying, Mr. or Mrs. or whoever you are? Uh, Newsflash. They love that. It's like, really? Bring it on! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the migration or theme gration, or I don't know. Uh, great. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, news flashed. <laughs> All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none that does good. No, not one. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Uh, Each one uh, turned to his own way. And there is nothing that we can do to earn earn grace or favor with God. Right. That that there's only one way to gain favor with that Christ with with God and that's to accept the gift that he offers, the free gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. Yeah, see, there's this old saying that you cannot make man a convert of your own opinion. Okay. And <clears throat> so, like, like, say I had an opinion that red apples are awesome compared to green apples. Red apples are awesome. They, they're way better than green apple. By the way, just so you know, I'm actually allergic to apple, which really is a bummer. I can't believe that. I'm allergic. I'm allergic to apples. And strawberries. Two of my favorite foods that, you know, I'm totally allergic to it. So I would argue that you should eat oranges instead, people. That's my opinion. However, you know what? I wasn't called to make you a convert of my opinion. You might actually like strawberries and apples better than oranges. Um, my point is, is that all this stuff is not worth arguing over what's important. And this is where I have a real burden. And, and my burden is that you get in God's word. That's my burden. You know, you know what? I, I'm going to share this again because maybe somebody's new who's tuned in. Okay. 
If you don't know who I am, I am the host of this show, Stacy Lynn Harp. That guy that was on the screen a minute ago is my husband, Bareface, also known as Randall, Kevin Harp. And Randall and I have been married 28 years plus, a little over 28 years. Hard to believe that he's that old. Just saying. Anyway, we met when we were at church, um, and um, we've walked through life together for about close to 30 years. We dated for two years before, you know, we got married, and and uh, we were both virgins when we got married, in case you want to know. I know, it's hard to believe, huh? <gasps> the horror of it all. <laughs> anyway, we've lived our life according to God's word as best as possible. And what I can tell you is that um, the main thing that has given Randall and I a solid marriage is God's word. And actually reading the word and applying it because look statistically between our four parents there was 12 marriages a lot of divorce obviously because there was 12 marriages there was incest alcoholism domestic violence you know probably gambling and drug addiction as well for all I know practically every sin you can think of was in our family background but when Jesus came into my life and came into to Randall's life that flipped the card. The deck flipped because God put us two together and gave us a brand new life, broke some generational curses as a result of that. And our life changed. And we've been married 28 plus years now, which is like, you know, in today's day and age, that's, that's quite a testimony in my opinion. Getting into God's word, though, is more than reading a verse a day. And unfortunately, we live in a culture today where we have so many resources at our fingertips to be in God's word. Blueletterbible.com, BibleGateway.org, you know, Bible.cc, you got version. you got like, there's, you know, there's Logos software. There's so many things you can just get digitally online to get yourself into God's word. But most believers only spend you know, maybe one once a week, if that, if they go to church. And if they're of the, like, post a scripture of the day group, that's it. That They read a scripture and that's it. You can't live on that, you guys. You, you just, you can't, you cannot live on one verse a day. You can't live on one verse a week. You can't, you can't live on what's being preached from the sermon once a week. You just can't. Spiritually, you're anemic, you're... You're, you're, de- you're deficient of your vitamins and minerals. You, you, do, you don't have the strength that you need to live a spiritual godly life when you're doing it that way. You just don't. And the enemy has made it right now where he's actually made uh, going to church difficult for a lot of people. And so people, a lot of people have stopped going to church. They have stopped fellowshipping in general. And they're being more isolated. And when you're more isolated... You're more vulnerable to attack from the enemy and you're more vulnerable to getting discouraged and not encouraged. And, you know, I'm going to tell you that the last three months, almost four months, I've been telling you, I've been meeting with these people um, every morning for just the time of Bible reading. And then we talk a little bit and it's taught me a couple of things. It's taught me, number one, that I wasn't in the word of God as much as I thought I was. 
Because, again, opening up the Bible, reading a, a verse or opening up you version and going, oh, okay, yeah, I spent my time with God today. <laughs> I, I was self-deceived. And the Bible warns about that. It warns us about being deceived and being self-deceived, right? We can deceive ourselves, right? I mean, how many of you ever tried to go on a diet? Hey, I'm going to have that chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, and because I'm eating it on Valentine's Day, there's no calories. That's self-deception, people, okay? And there's nothing different with God's word. If, if you're messing around and not actually paying attention to God's word, you're deceiving yourself if you're a Christian and you're, you're thinking you know God because you don't. You don't. How can you? How can, okay. Are you ever convicted of sin? Raise your hand. If you're not, then you're not in his word. Just saying. Because you really should be. Uh, and and are, do you have a desire to change? Like when you read God's word, do you go, oh, man, oh, I blew it again. Or, okay, I'm doing a little bit better, but I could do better. <laughs> Is what you're reading challenging you to change and be better? If it's not, then I would question it. You know, I, I question where, you know, how healthy you are. And and I'm just saying this from my own experience, man. Uh, prior to this experience of daily being in the in the word of God and talking about it with other people, um I thought I had I thought I had more faith. I thought I I thought I knew a lot more than I do. I, I found out that I don't really know much, really, when you think about it. <laughs> the Old Testament. Am I a scholar? Uh, no. I can't even name all the tribes. No, I can't. Um, you know, I there's just so much I don't know about God's Word because I haven't taken the time to be in it. Why? Because it's challenging to always be in it. And it's, it, when you're in it a lot, sometimes a lot of questions come up and you're like, oh, I don't know what this means. And then you're like, I don't know what this means. But if you take more time to be in it and ask God to help you, he will help you and you'll eventually figure it out. Might take you some time though. But see, that's the thing. We want to invest in things, right? We invest time. A lot of you, and I, I don't do this. I, I'm completely innocent of this. I can tell you this 100% accurately. I don't like do Netflix binges because I don't watch Netflix. I don't binge on anything in secular media because I know me, first of all. And number two, most there's nothing that appeals to me. I mean, I've tried. I've tried to get, you know, people recommend stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm going to turn this on. And I'm like, what? This is like, ugh. It's it's just an anathema to my spirit. I can't I can't deal with it because it's so raunchy, most of it. So if you can binge on a Netflix series, why not take an hour to spend God's word and read the Bible for an hour? You know? Oh wait, why would I want to do that? We're only supposed to read the Bible for like five minutes at a time, or, or you know, no more than twenty tops because 20 is the maxed out time to read god's word i know this because they only preach a 10 15 20 minute sermon tops at my church so i know that if i spent more than that then it's kind of going against the rules just saying right now you think i'm being silly but i know people think think that way you know like oh 
I'm going to do my quiet time for 15 minutes. Okay, I'll make you a deal. Go ahead. Start doing a 15-minute quiet time every day. See what happens. You know what will happen? It will change your life. Because most people won't even do that. You know, and I know I've said this before, but the Back to the Bible, their Center for Biblical Engagement, they did this research study about a decade ago. It's actually, I think it was in 2009. They did this study where they showed, it was kind of an accidental result, that if you read the Bible four days a week or more, your life is significantly more impacted in, in a good way, right? You're more apt to evangelize, share the gospel, memorize scripture, um, less likely to be addicted to drugs, pornography, get divorced, blah, blah, etc. But three days or more or, or less, three days or less, there's no significant statistical difference between you and an unbeliever. So when God tells us to read his word every day, there's a reason he wants us to read God's word every day. Because I don't know about you, but like if I was married to Randall, and I am, if I went like, I don't know, four days out of the week and I didn't talk to my husband, I'd be like, why am I in a relationship with this guy? You know, I talk to my husband every single day, even if it's to tell him, hey, move the car so I can get out and go play pickleball, people. You know, no, I'm just kidding about that part. But, you know, I, I have this relationship with my husband. I sleep with him every day. I, you know, I, I live with him. I'm in his presence every day. You know, he wants to communicate with me every day. Even the other day, he took me out to dinner. I have not been out to dinner with my husband in, in a long time. And, and he took me out to dinner because he just wanted to be with me. And he wanted to eat in a restaurant and have a meal at a table uh, but still, he took me out to dinner. I was like, oh, he took me out to dinner. First time in days. It, it, was, it was a special meeting of a dinner. And that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to have breakfast with you. He wants to eat dinner with you. He wants to have lunch with you. He wants to take time to eat snacks with you. He wants to hang out with you every minute he can. But we're like, eh. I don't know about this. I don't know about that. Yeah, might not be that good. So, but I'm here to tell you it is good, Randall. <laughs> I know yeah, well, talking. John, John 1, 12 tells us, as many as received him, them he gave the right or the authority, the power to become children of God. Yep. And what does it mean to receive? Well, just, we don't need to, you don't need to be a Greek scholar. Think about if someone comes to your home, how do you receive them? You know, what does it mean to receive them? If somebody comes to my house, I give them a hug. I tell them, I'm so sorry. It smells in here. <laughs> and, you know, I apologize for how messy it is. Yeah. And then I say, do you want some water? Exactly. <laughs> That's you know. about all I do. You know. If I have some candy or something, mm -hmm. I'll offer that. Exactly. So, you know, if your relationship with the Lord is like... Hey, how's it going? See you next week. Hey, what's up? Later. You know, pass him in the hallway like a coworker. That's not receiving. Um, yeah. Can I share something I got today out of the word? I'm going to share this. Because this, this was... Because you can. Yeah. It's your show. Okay. So this was so cool. So, 
You guys know I've been studying this book, Delivered. This is a judge's book study. It's judges. Pam did this. It's her book. She's teaching it. It's been really good. I didn't, I, I honestly was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> don't really want to study judges. It's so depressing. Blah, blah, whatever. But I thought, what the heck? I have nothing better to do with my life. So I may as well study the book of judges. So <laughs> I'm being kind of funny. Okay. I'm just, uh, tell you what, I started studying this book though. And there's an interesting story in the book of judges. Um, and I'm trying to find it in this book because my, my, uh, yeah, it's over here, I think, in a different chapter. Um, because my Bible is actually downstairs. Um, yeah, okay, I think it's in this next chapter. So, during the time of Judges, the Israel was without a king often. And there was, um, yeah, I think this is it here. There was a time, let's see here. Yeah, here it is right here. Okay. So there was this time where, where, um, they didn't have a king. Right. So everybody did who what was right in their own eyes. And I'm so I'm not an expert on this book, just so you know. But there was a time that took place. I want to read this to you. Um, and then I'm going to share with you something that God God showed me. It was very it, it it made me it made me cry, actually. So it says here when this is Judges nineteen, eleven to twenty five. So it says here when they were near Jebus the day was almost gone, and the servant said to his master, Please come and let us turn aside into the city of the Jebusites and spend the night in it. However, his master said to him, We will not turn aside into the city of foreigners who are not of the sons of Israel, but we will go on as far as Gibeah. I know this is kind of like picking up the story in the middle of the story, but anyway. He said to his servant, Come and let us approach one of these places, and we will spend the night at Gibeah or Ramah. So they passed along and went their way, and the sun set on them near Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. That's another tribe. They turned aside there in order to enter and lodge in Gibeah. When they entered, they sat down in the open square of the city, for no one took them into his house to spend the night. Then behold, an old man was coming out of the field from his work at evening, and now the man was from the hill country of Ephraim, and he was staying at Gibeah, but the men of the place were Benjamites. And he lifted up his eyes, and he saw the traveler in the opening in the open square of the city. And the old man said, where are you going, and where do you come from? And he said to him, we're passing from Bethlehem in Judah to the remote part of the hill country of Ephraim, for I am from there. And I went to Bethlehem and Judah, but I am now going to my house and no man will take me into his house. So, so we have a foreigner basically that's trying to find a place to stay. Nobody's letting him in, is letting him in. And verse 19, yet there's both straw and fodder for 
our donkeys and also bread and wine for me, your maidservant, the young man who is with your servants. There's no lack of anything. So this guy has everything he needs. And then, and then it says, the old man said, peace to you. Only let me take care of all your needs. However, do not spend the night in the open square. They didn't want, they, they didn't, he didn't want them to spend the night out there in the open square. I mean, you know, just like, why would you want that today, right? So he took him into his house and gave the donkeys fodder and they washed their feet and ate and drank. And washing their feet was basically the equivalent of taking a bath because it was dirty. There was sand, you know, all that. So they washed their feet to get the dirt and all that off there. So while they were celebrating, behold, the men of the city, certain worthless fellows, surrounded the house, pounding the door, and they spoke to the owner of the house and the old man saying, bring out the man who came into your house that we may have relations with him. So these worthless fellows, basically this, this is homosexuals, okay, um, and they were basically pounding this saying, hey, you know, we want this guy to come out so we can have sex with the guy. Then verse 23, it says, Then the man, the owner of the house, went out to them and said to them, No, my fellows, please do not act so wickedly. Since this man has come into my house, do not commit this act of folly. So, okay, there we go. We see a condemnation of homosexuality and homosexual acts referred to as folly. Um, nothing unusual. But then here's what the next verse says. This, this man continues to say, he says, here is my virgin daughter and his concubine. Please let me bring them out that you may ravish them and do to them whatever you wish, but do not commit such an act of folly against this man. But the men would not listen to him, so the men seized his concubine and brought her out to them, and they raped her and abused her all night until morning, and then let her go at the approach of dawn. I know, super uplifting, isn't it? But if you go back and you read through through the previous parts of this, you know, basically what you see is you're seeing religious hypocrisy taking place here. And you're basically seeing the religious folk handing his daughter over to the crowd to be basically raped. You know, good parenting, don't you think? You know, and there's sex with the concubine, you know, nice famous word for harlot, you know, concubine, you know, sex slave, whatever you want to call it. Um, so they were kind of con condemning the homosexual acts, but at the same time, they were just like playing into the hand of sexual abuse against women in these verses, right? You know, and it was religious. It was, this was, these, this was from the tribe. They, these were religious folk doing this, right? This is happening today, by the way, in the church. There are religious people out there handing their kids over to be sacrificed and abused and stuff like that. And yet, where is the judgment? Where, where was the church to condemn that behavior? 
it's really easy to condemn the sin outside of the body. But when you see sin in the body, it's almost like, oh, you know, it's so acceptable. Why? Because everybody's doing it. Don't be fooled, people. So this hit me personally because, you know, most of you who tune in all the time, you, you've heard my testimony. Um, and, you know, there's nothing like uh, unnatural affection gone awry, right? So, so, you know, in Romans it talks about how men have been given over to unnatural affection, men having relations with other men, you know, and then there's an allusion to women, you know, you know, not having natural affection. In other words, women having abortions, murdering their babies. That goes against the innate God-ordained way God made us, right? Women are supposed to bear children, not kill them. Men are supposed to have sex with women, not men. You know, women are supposed to have sex with men, not other women. Parents are supposed to protect their children, not kill them, not hand them over to be abused. And, you know, in all my life, um, I have been an advocate for children because I was a child that didn't have an advocate. And I was reading this today and talking about it with Pam and some others. And it was just, it, it just, it was like this light bulb for me went on and it was like for the first time in my life I actually saw that in the Bible we see a parent handing over a daughter to be abused sexually and there's no condemnation of it but I will tell you that God does not let this go unnoticed God ultimately you know he works out his plans and the Bible says in the New Testament, as well as the Old, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And I hold on to that verse, I tell you, because God's payment is way worse than anybody else's payment can ever be. And I thought, you know what? This is interesting. We can condemn homosexuality, but do we ever condemn the priest or the pastor or the church worker who decides that they're going to hand over their child to be abused, or they don't stand up and protect their kid that's being abused in the same home. You know that mo most sex crimes against children are incestuous. They're within the family. You know, oh, we don't want to do it. We don't want to talk about it. That family secret, we don't want to let that out because, you know, if uncle blah, 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 if we knew this, then we wouldn't know that. And yet God knows everything and his perfect justice is there. When men do what's right, when when men do what is right in their own eyes, that's what we get. And as Pam so greatly pointed out in the beginning of Judges, women are treated very well in the beginning of this book. By the end of it, they're cut up in pieces. It's kind of powerful to think about. So why don't I share that uplifting piece of biblical scripture? Because through that, God's healing my heart and showing me, hey, you know what? What you went through, it happened to this woman too, except she was killed. Of course, you know, fortunately I wasn't killed. But the point is not, not to show, 
you know, how horrible sin is, but it's, there's nothing new under the sun and God's heart breaks when people made in his image are abused and people who do it under the guise of being religious, like these guys were doing, there is a special place of judgment for them, you know, um, and, and God is a judge. He is a righteous judge and he is going to be judging us soon. You know, those of us who are in Christ, we're going to be sitting at the judgment seat of Christ. Thank God. You know, all, all that's going to happen with us is whatever we've done here will be burned up or not burned up. Hopefully it won't be burned up, but whatever's left, that's our reward, right? But for those who are not in Christ, their judgment's going to be way, wor way worse and severe. And then they're going to be separated forever from the Lord. We don't want that. So, just saying. Randall, you got any thoughts on that? Because, see, I showed you what it said. I taught Bareface something today. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I thought earlier you were referring to the travel. The, the Ephraimite or Ephraimite. Anyway, but no, the, the owner of the house, or the householder, gave up his daughter. Or, or offered her anyway, I guess. She didn't end up getting offered, but the fact that he would. Yeah, I've heard people reason, oh, he would do that because they really wanted wanted a man to sleep with. But still the point. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, that's still twisted. It's still twisted. So, indeed. yeah. And, yeah, and it's, and. It just shows you the the consequences of compromise. Oh yeah, because if you read earlier, in this rather book, than just fully stand up against it, if you read, it's like, well, let's let's do the the lesser. Yeah, and thing. if you if you read a couple chapters earlier with Micah, you know, they 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 offered up the silver to the Lord, and then they went ahead and they made a graven image with it right afterwards, and I'm like, okay, that's brilliant. Yeah brilliant just um, you know nothing new under the sun sun but all things are made new under the son sun yeah by the way if any of you guys want to join in in this judges study you can actually go over to pam's website pamgillespie.com she's not asking me to do this by the way but you can actually go over there and you can sign up and you can do this study right now you can buy the book and then you can go start going through the book. She's got videos up on her blog. All you got to do is go watch them, and then you can continue in the discussion. So this is a flex study. You can join whenever you want um, and um, and learn a lot. I mean, it's, it's a great – it's actually been it's been very – it's been very enlightening to me. Um, and it's been cool because I, I can't remember the last time I studied the Book of Judges. I've read the book, but I've never really studied it. So, and there's so many parallels to today. It's kind of ridiculous. So, are you going to put up the website? Um, no. Oh. Well, you should. That would be good. That way people could go there and see it. Well, I wish I, I could see comments. So, there's, is there any more comments? Because I yeah. don't know why I cannot get any comments here. I can see people are watching, but I can't see any comments on Periscope. 
How far back do you want to go? 31 minutes ago? Whatever. 30 minutes Whatever ago? I haven't read most of it. Oh. Well, anything pertinent. If they're just snarky, you don't have to worry about that. Um... I guess it's the Megatron who commented earlier saying it's terrible what's happening in the U.S. right now. This man is playing evangelicals like puppets on a string. Um, Possibly. Yeah. I don't. I don't trust Trump myself, yeah. but that's why I say I don't really care. But you know, of course, people arriving late or clueless about <laughs> the headline. Headline worked. We knew it'd get people in. But Trump is the hero of our time? To which I replied, Jesus is the hero to all the ages. Or for all the ages. Um, let's see. Yeah, so you want the non-snarky. <laughs> um, well. Well, pretty much all. They're all snark snarky? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for the snarky comments. We appreciate it. Of course, there's one that said, I'm willing to be convinced. Can anyone tell me how Trump honors Christ? I really want to know. Of course, I replied, you missed the earlier video. Yeah. So go 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 and watch the replay. Yeah. It didn't say Trump's life honors Jesus. All right. Well, tomorrow night, I'm going to have a special guest. Tomorrow night, my guest is Katie Huff Mortensen. She's written a book called Unmasked. And the subtitle of the book is, I'm going to read it, see if I can, if I can read it. The Power of Courage and Vulnerability to Live Free. No More Settling Shame or Self-Betrayal. And uh, Katie happens to be a million dollar, um, a million dollar ring earner. No, that's not right. She's she's in the Millionaire Club um, at Legal Shield. She's also a hundred and fifty thousand dollar ring earner with Legal Shield. Uh, she's been with Legal Shield a couple decades. Um, and anyway, recently she she released her her book. She actually had a relationship with a, a Scientologist that she thought she was going to marry. Um, and anyway, her, uh, she's going to come on the show tomorrow and talk about it. She's going to talk about her new book, Unmasked, um, which is going to help you become more, to, to live more free. Um, and, uh, and it just so happens she's in my legal shield family. So I'm happy about that. I'm happy to be able to, uh, share with you somebody who, who, um, actually has sold legal shield longer, longer than I have by a lot of times, by 20 years. She's sold it 20 years. Um, and so if you have time tomorrow night, come and join me for this interview. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, she's real. She's not a fake person. She's fun to talk to. She's got a heart for the Lord. Um, and, uh, and her book is available on Amazon. You can get it for like, I think, 99 cents or something. Um, and, you know, if you just want to be encouraged uh, in your faith, then come and listen to Katie's testimony tomorrow night. Also, if you uh, if you want to donate to Bible News Radio, our nonprofit is Heart Tug International. Um, you can do that over at our website, BibleNewsRadio.com. I would love to have you um, become part of my Daily Disciples Facebook group. In that group, every day we're reading the Bible together. Um, and I have various people reading the Bible. I'm actually going to have a new person who's going to be start reading next week uh, and join us in our lineup. Uh, there's two people a day that read in there. 
and some people start to teach a little bit. Some people get more of a devotion when they read. Uh, some people just read. Um, it's been a sweet, sweet time in that group. If you want to be notified of the stuff that we do, you can get notified by texting Bible News to 33222 or just message me directly and I can add you add your phone number to my text message list. So whenever I do a text or whatever, you can get that sent to your phone. Um, yeah, so we do that. I also do a Bible study uh, on Tuesday night. I'm studying the book of Revelation teaching that book right now. Um, I have videos of my past teaching up uh, on our Vimeo page. And um, if you join my email list, you'll get those videos directly into your, your inbox. And also then you'll get time with me on Zoom uh, where we can hang out together as we go through the book of Revelation, which is a powerful book. So, so we're doing lots of stuff here with the show having guests on, doing Bible study, doing discipleship. Um, and uh, also, if you have not yet signed up for Legal Shield yet, you need to get your will done. Um, you need a service to protect yourself. It's a great service to have. Um, and or if you need identity theft protection, been thinking about it. Great time of the year to get it. It's now because this is the time of the year where all the criminals are out there trying to steal your identity and stuff. Um, so I can set up time to do a one-on-one -on -one with you and show you what we do. Um, so I'd love to do that with you. Be a good month to do it because I'd like to get you protected before the end of the year. So just hit me up on my website and um, we'll take care of that. So I'm exhausted. So I'm going to go now unless Randall has anything to say. I think I got like three hours of sleep last night. So I'm tired. Anything to say, Bareface? No? no? All right. Well, so there you go. I hope you've been encouraged and challenged a little bit tonight. Remember, don't give up hope. Be the light, you know. And as I always say, be bold. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow night with Katie.